Hello there and thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I'm Daniel Charles and I'm the host of the YouTube channel Son of Chelsea where I upload daily videos about the club I love. On this feed are all my regular shows from Added Time, my weekly Q&A where I answer questions from my audience, Let's Talk Chelsea where I discuss the latest and biggest stories surrounding the club and my match review series The Rational Perspective plus the Every Other Saturday podcast where I speak to interesting guests about their love for Chelsea. It's all here and all free for you to enjoy. All the podcasts on this feed can be viewed in video format if you so wish on my channel. And if you'd be so kind to subscribe and like the videos, that would be greatly appreciated too. Also, one last thing. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the pod on your provider because that really helps too. But for now, thank you and up the chels. Hello there guys, what is going on? Son of Chelsea back here again for another video, another great guest on the channel today. Uh, Eunice HH or Eunice Talks Football as his channel is now. Um, the last time I spoke to Eunice and we've spoken a lot over the years, you know, in terms of collabs and, and mates on YouTube, I think this is one of the top ones, Eunice, because he's always been there for me. I think, you know, especially when I had like zero subscribers, he was willing to collab and it, I've always been very appreciative with his support and collabs over the years because it's really been of help and also the advice too. So it's great to talk Chelsea with him now as we get ready for this massive period over over Christmas that's going to be so key for Chelsea. Uh, Eunice, how you doing, mate? Because um, it's been pretty positive with Chelsea recently, hasn't it? Yeah, mate. Um, I appreciate that intro. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you're killing it on here, man. Um, this channel's turned into something special. So, um, yeah, you're smashing it. Well done. And, um, yeah, I'm good. It's, it's an exciting time. Chelsea are... Well, Chelsea have awakened after a bit of doubt at the beginning. We've now, uh, you know, assembled ourselves really nicely and developed really well. So hopefully that continues. And um, yeah, this December is going to be mental. Yeah, it really is. I, I think I was looking, I don't, hadn't actually realised how mental, I just looked at the next 10 Premier League games. I did this in a video uh, the other day where I was talking about can yeah. Chelsea win a Premier League title? And I basically just laid it out. I was like, look at these next 10 Premier League games this is going to be defining, you know, then we can talk after this, these, these period of, of Premier League games, because <laughs> yeah. it's not just Saturday, 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 there's midweek Premier League games as well to go with this. And then naturally you have the intense Premier, um, intense Christmas period that we usually have anyway, along with these midweek Champions League games as well, back to back. So it's, it's really intense, isn't it? I, I just, my only concern is the fatigue of players and injuries. Is that a concern to you as well? Um, it would have been a concern, and to an extent, it is it is a bit of a concern. But I think it applies to everyone that's in the same position as us. The one advantage we have is our squad is big enough. I think when you look at other teams, um, Man City, you could say yes, they've got a big squad. Um, Liverpool are in trouble when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to that point alone, I think they're in trouble. Um, so, yeah, you look at other teams and I think we're well equipped. You know, we have the players that it takes to be able to rotate. Um, we have, you know, other systems that we can use in order to to help fatigue and to help areas of the pitch where we're lacking a little bit. Um, so that's where my concerns kind of dropped a little bit and I'm a little bit more optimistic, but it's not going to be easy. These players need to be ready for war because it's going to be, yeah, very, very tiring. This game after game, the season's been, um, you know, crammed in a little bit because we still have to finish by May, even though we started later. So yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I am more optimistic now than I was at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I think obviously results uh, determine that and especially going into this international break off the back of a good run of form after the shaky start. Has, have your sort of 
expectations for the season altered at all because of the nature of the Premier League season and how open it looks at the moment? Have you been swayed by that? Because I've been a lot more cautious about that based on the fact of you know how strong some of the teams are still up there, but also the nature of Chelsea and us in winter months in previous seasons where it all seems to go terribly wrong and our form really drops. Uh, what, what sort of your opinions? Do you think there's a chance that there's a uh, maybe another title on the horizon for Frank Lampard? You know what? Yeah, at the beginning of the season, I would have told you no. I would have told you let's try and get third. Second would be brilliant. But now, yeah, I'm 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 swaying. I'm swaying. I'm not I'm not in the camp of yeah, we're gonna go and win the title because I've heard some people say that, and I'm like, okay, you can't you can't say that just yet. Like that's this way too early. Um, and you know, as as we said over on my channel, where you were saying, um, you know, other seasons, it's come to this point. Christmas, January, and we've dipped. You know, we've collapsed a little bit. You never know what's going to happen. You have to be wary. But um, when you look at our form, the way that we're playing, um, these new signings and how they're starting to grow and and really establish themselves within within the team, Frank Lampard's starting to look a little bit more comfortable. Um, I'm hearing very good things from players themselves. You know, like Ben Chilwell spoke about how we are going to be pushing for silverware, not just this season, but next season, the season after. He sees where this project can go. Kante yesterday, well, the day before, but it was quoted yesterday, where he was saying, yeah, you know what, we we have a push for the title race this season. We are going to go and try and win the Premier League title. When you have players like this that are speaking in, in this manner, it does give you a buzz and a confidence that the players believe it. So we should believe it, you know, let's, let's, let's go for it. And... Um, the circumstances of other teams around us leads me to believe, yeah, we have a chance. If Liverpool, for example, were full full strength and they didn't have an injury crisis and they were exactly as they were last season, I'd be like, okay, yeah, the, I don't think we're going to win the title, but we can get second. Yeah, why not? But the circumstances are all working in our favour. City look a little bit dodgy. Um, Tottenham are a threat. I do want to point that out and we shouldn't just wipe them away just because they're Tottenham, but you know, they're looking good. Mourinho, we know what he can do in a second season, this, that, and the other. Um, so we should look over our shoulder, but we are in a very good position. I think we'll be in the title race for sure. I don't know if you agree that there's two things this season that have maybe not in a sense of a title push, but more in a sense of improvement, drastic improvement from last season is Chelsea's ability this year, pretty much from the opening day against Brighton, is our ability to not have to play well to win as much as we did yeah. last season. It was, unfortunately, last season, there were very few occasions where Chelsea would have sort of a below-par average performance and we'd come out with the three points or, you know, get through in the Champions League or, you know, the FA Cup or whatever. We needed to play well. We needed to be our, you know, attacking best, basically, because, of course, defence was always shaky last season. But, you know, everything had to go right. It feels this season there's a little more... Uh, margin for error this year in terms of performance we can get through those periods and obviously you know the, the new additions like Timo Werner helps but also our ability to break down low defenses which I saw against Sheffield United um, I think coming yeah. back in that game that performance for me was I don't know if you agree about this I, I think it was such a great example of if you see that game last season Chelsea could have lost that going behind yeah. early but to come back and you know show so much pace and intensity and expression and you know real confidence that even going one nil down so early in a game after not conceding a goal for a, a while they just were like it almost seemed to anger them you know and, and they really went on and, and battered them um, are those things that have sort of encouraged you so far this season yeah a hundred percent because yeah you compare it to last season we would have crumbled 
a hundred percent. But this season, we do seem to have developed this resilience, which is what we've been asking for since last season. Last season, we had this issue of not being able to take our chances. We'd have chance after chance after chance. We wouldn't put it in the net. We'd let one opportunity go, counter attack, boom, we're down one nil, um, and then we panic. And this whole the whole mentality just wasn't there. Everyone would crumble and panic and just be in a complete like state of mind of oh my god, this is going to go horribly wrong. Whereas this season, a couple of times now, we saw the comeback. Um, where we were three one down, what game was that three 0 down. West Brom, you talking no. about? West Brom, that's the one. Yeah, West Brom. Mm. Um, to be able to make that comeback, even with you know without many signings, new signings on the pitch, we were reliant on you know Callum and and Tammy and Mason to be able to come back from that. Um, and and as well as that, after that, um, many games where we've been able to claw, we've been able to play the dirty side. And that's something that we need. If you're going to win trophies, if you're going to win silverware, if you're going to push, you need to play dirty sometimes. You just have to. Not dirty in a sense of, you know, breaking legs, but dirty in a sense of um, it has to feel like you're not playing attractive, fantastic football, but you're getting a result. You have to. We obviously want to play brilliant football. We obviously want to have a system that works against any opposition. And we're hopefully building towards that. And it's looking like we're heading in that direction. But... You need to play, you know, the dirty side sometimes and claw a result no matter what. And it does look like we're developing that. So I am, yeah, a lot more optimistic in, in that regard, for sure. I think there's always that that fear at the moment, especially the dreaded Newcastle trip that we have on Saturday, which yeah. to me is like, it's the worst. It's like one of the toughest away days of Chelsea. City. Like any, 100%. I think a lot of outsiders will look at Saturday's game and think, well, it's just, you know, sort of a regular win for Chelsea, basically. But, you know, every Chelsea fan fears St. James's Park like I I, yeah. I always it's to me it's as difficult an away game as going to Old Trafford or the Emirates <laughs> or Anfield you know I, it's just been so what is it about St. James's Park because there's been so many times we've gone up there and Newcastle been in awful form we've been in decent form but as was the case last season as has been the case so many times uh, throughout my life watching Chelsea at St. James's Park something about that ground seems to turn uh, Newcastle into like 70s Brazil when they see Chelsea, but also turn Chelsea into Newcastle when we play them. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> that's a very good guy. That's a very good way of putting it. Um, I don't know what it is, but you're right. It's a bogey ground. However, however, the one thing that I think favours Newcastle um, or favoured Newcastle was the presence of the supporters. Because the supporters knew that every time Chelsea came to St. James's Park, somehow Newcastle would pull out a result and somehow Newcastle would turn into prime Barcelona. Um, that's not going to be the case. Now it's just seats and no one there. And it's a football pitch. And no matter what, it's 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 a level playing field. So that makes me a little bit more optimistic that Newcastle don't have anything to feed off. You know, um, it's just them and it's Chelsea and that's it. And right now we are in a very good place. So I'm hoping but we're going to break that way or that form that we've had at St. James's Park over the years. It's just been horrible. I think it's a mentality thing because every time we went up to St. James's Park <laughs> I don't know how, you know, a Newcastle that were always off form, just all of a sudden find chances, put it in the net they'd hardly have any chances but they'd win you know, um, and the last time, or the, I don't know if it, was the, if it was last season or the season before where we let in that last minute goal, that, that it was last season, but it just, you know, you'd want to pull out your eyes because it's just so annoying and frustrating. But 
the supporters have a big part of that. And we know what Newcastle fans and Geordies are like. They are one of the most passionate fans in, in, in the country. So um, that's not going to be there for them, which is why I'm a little bit optimistic we can break that that form, that record that we have over there and get a win. Fingers crossed. I think if we win at St. James's Park, I'll, I'll maybe start to join you on the hype train in terms of the title charge because <laughs> I feel like Chelsea are going to have a good season if we're winning at St. James's Park. That's pretty much, you know, I think standard, you know, maybe go out and buy a lottery ticket on the same day, you know, just in case because it's such a rare, rare occurrence. Um, we talked on your channel. I was talking about sort of some of my favourite players so far this season. Um, I spoke a lot of, with guests about this so far. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of new signings to pick out for, like this season because we've made so many. Uh, who's been the most impressive of the new signings, uh, in your opinion? At first, I would have told you um, Timo Werner and Ben Chilwell. That was at, at the beginning. And that's not to say that they've fallen off. They haven't. They've been super consistent. If not, they've gotten better. Um, but now coming into the fold, we've had Edouard Mendy. We've had Thiago Silva. And after that, we've had Hakim Ziyech. And for me, this has been the big one, right? Ziyech, uh, I think since he's uh, combated his injuries and been able to start playing regular football and he's been allowed to go the full 90, from that point onwards, he's been nothing short of magnificent, you know? And he's just given us a new dimension. It's been a while since we've had a left-footed right winger. <laughs> You know, and um, we've been dying for that for quite a few years now. A left-footed right winger that can cut in and do things with his left foot into the middle of the pitch rather than just always go down the flank. And we saw what happened with William and Pedro. And that's not to take anything away from them over the years. They've they've done really good things for us. But um, Ziyech has just opened up a new dimension for us. It's like a new, uh, just a vortex of, of opportunity, right? Um, so right now in the present time, as as we stand, I would say Ziyech has come in and made the biggest impact. Um, but he's not alone. And this is why I'm just so super excited to see where we're going. Because Werner, even though he's not playing up front as a number nine all the time, is getting goals and getting assists. And the moment he gets shifted into his number nine and plays there regularly, I think we have a contender for top goal scorer of the season. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um Chilwell has offered so much in that left-back role that we've been dying for, right? <laughs> we've been crying for a left-back who knows what he's doing. And Chilwell has been nothing short of that. Thiago Silva has been a, a huge part of that defence in terms of just being able to be someone that organises and commands and keeps everything in shape. And when you know things are going against us, is able to psych everyone up and, and guide everyone in what to do and how to deal with the problems facing us. And it's just been fantastic. Edouard Mendy, as I've said, is, you know, it's it's a goalkeeper. And that's I don't want to put blame on Kepa, right? All blame on Kepa. I think he he has a big portion of the blame for sure, but he's not the sole reason as to why we were conceding so much under when we, when Kepa was in goal. But Mendy has just come in and just, you know, reassured us that look, if the defense bottles it, I'm here. You know, and um, yeah, so I, I would say all of those names have been fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing what Kai Havertz is going to bring. Um, obviously, we've seen glimpses, but now in his number eight position, alongside whether it's a Mason Mount at times, or whether it's going to be Kovacic at times, but Kai Havertz, when he gets a regular run of football, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. But right now, I'm just I've got an eye on Ziyech because I think he's going to have a huge impact for our season. Another player that I think uh, has really impressed... Um 
recently that I, I think that has gained a lot of flack and I think unfair flack um, from fans. Um, well, I, I think mostly from online on Twitter, to be honest, but Mason Mount has, I think, impressed yeah. um, once he's been shifted into that number eight role alongside Kai. I mean, I think he was exceptional against Burnley and I think he was, you know, as good against Sheffield United. I think he was just brilliant in both of those games. And um, what is it about Mason Mount that just uh, seems to drum up so much toxicity online? Because I've spoken to a lot of guests about this and it's it just seems to be so confusing to me because he is, you know, for years people were calling for young players to be given a chance at Chelsea. Yeah. And he is like the perfect poster boy for that, you know, in terms of being given an opportunity, taking it, you know, scoring some big goals for us in a short period of time. You know, he scored one of our biggest goals last season against Wolves. You know, I think that's, you know, a heroic moment. You think if the stadium was full that day, what it would have been like at that moment. Um, I don't know what it is. It's so confusing to me. I think the majority of Chelsea fans are very supportive to Mason Mount and understand the quality of him. But what do you think it is? Because I'm sure like a lot of us just feel quite baffled when we see the amount of abuse he gets on a regular basis. Yeah, the abuse is wrong. Right. Um, in terms of why he gets criticized, I'm able to offer both sides because I've heard both sides of the story. Right. I've, I've managed to uh, speak to a few people that um, just don't feel he's up to it. Right. And I've managed to hear why. And I've heard people that are really supportive of Mason Mount and they explain as to why he is good for this team. So. I've heard both sides and I think it's it's fair that I you know I'm able to understand both sides of the story. In terms of why he gets criticized, um I would say it was a big reason as to why there was a portion of the season and for me I think he was playing out of position and that was a little bit unfair on him. But Frank Lampard's decision to always play Mason um despite him having a lackluster game and I think that's where it began to get, it began to get a bit frustrating to some fans as to why is this guy always getting picked? You know, it was similar under Jorginho with um, under Sari with Jorginho, if you remember. Jorginho would have a few games, he'd lose possession, he'd cost us a couple of goals. Next game he selected, and some fans would go, How, "Why, why, why, why is this guy getting picked?" And it's the same energy now being put into Mason Mount. The one thing that I've come to learn is that he was being played out of position. He's not a number 10. He's not a winger. We saw him play on the wing for a lot of games. And I think that was frustrating for me as a number eight. That's where he belongs. And it's only recently where we've gone back to a 4-3-3 and we're able to play him in that eight. And when he's played in that eight role, he's been brilliant. So now with a little bit of consistency, I'm hoping he's going to turn the naysayers into guys going, guys and girls going, hey, you know what? He's playing well. He deserves to play. Cool. Um, the similar sort of shift we've seen with Jorginho, because now last season and onwards, Jorginho's become kind of a fan favorite just in terms of character, not necessarily in terms of him being selected each game because of the way that we're playing. But, you know, that hate is gone. And I think the same will come with Mason. The same will come with Mason. Um, in regards to the people that are really supportive of him, I can understand because those are the ones that have been, you know, that see his attributes and what he can bring. He's not a, I don't want to say, he's, he's not a technically gifted footballer. You know, he's not someone that um, gets a ball, nutmegs five players, um, is able to do Rabonas and flicks. And he's not, you know, he's not that sort of player. Same in the same way that Lampard wasn't, you know, Lampard wasn't a, you know, a, a dribbler or someone that would take on massive amounts of players, someone aesthetically pleasing to the eye, but um, he was super effective in what he does. 
um, he would give assists. He would get into the right positions. He would um, take shots from outside the box. He would get on the score sheet. And it's those sort of things that I can see Mason Mount developing into. Um, the one, yeah, just the one thing was as to why I think he gets the hate he does is just in regards to why he was being selected at times where he was having bad games. He would, one, one criticism that I would see a lot would be the amount of times that he would lose possession. Um, and, you know, not really offer much and being able to win back. And I could understand that at the time. Now he's playing in his position and in his role and where he belongs. Let's give him that opportunity to see what he can do. Because, yeah, the last two games that we've seen him play in his role, he's been great. So hopefully it's good. we're going to start seeing a shift. And I predict we'll start seeing a shift. And the moment Chelsea start winning games consistently and he's in that lineup, people won't have a problem with him being selected. Yeah, I think that, you know, one thing I always want to stress on this channel when I get sometimes comments that sort of conflict this, you know, I think there is always, we can criticise every player. I've criticised, you know, pretty much every player on my channel, but it's always going up to a line, isn't it, where... There is a line to be struck between criticism and abuse. And I never want exactly. to, to give the impression to people that you criticizing him fairly, saying you think he's out of position is me thinking you're abusing him. That's obviously there is a line, right? And we see this on Twitter, right? With people posting pictures of him being injured, you know, and saying that's and celebrating that. That's obviously abuse. That's obviously disgusting. You know, that yeah. it's a difference to what you've just laid out. You know, that some people, including myself, were getting frustrated when I was seeing Christian Pulisic on the right and Mason on the left. And I was frustrated by that because why are yeah. you playing Pulisic on the right when he's a he's a left winger? He's one of our best players. So yeah, I, I shared that. Um, I just think it's, it's great now to see Mason in his own words after that Burnley game said, I'm a number eight. So it's great to see him there as well. Um, exactly. We've already discussed sort of your hopes for the season. In terms of the, these next couple of games, um, out of all the big games we've got coming up, this is sort of a, a random question because you want to win all of them, right? But is there one game you're sort of really desperate in this next period for Chelsea to win? You know, if I said to you out of all the sort of the bigger games coming up, I think we've got Spurs, haven't we? We've got Everton, which is always a, a difficult trip to Goodison Park. Um, yeah. I believe we've got Arsenal on Boxing Day and Man yeah. City just after New Year's. I think those are the sort of the notable big games. There are, of course, like Wolves within there and Leeds as well. But just to give you the floor, because I, I think that, you know, it's easy to go, yeah, we can win the title. But there are some games that just mean a lot to fans, don't they, that you, you want to win in a season? I think those four, yeah, all of them in their own ways are really important. If we look at the Tottenham game, it's Tottenham, right? That's one. But this season, it's not just Tottenham. Because last season, we beat Spurs twice. Right, that was that wasn't a problem. That was fine. But this season they've got a new dynamic about them. They they're strong. They're strong. But we're strong. So it's gonna it's gonna be a good comparison to see just how just where we are, you know, in terms of level. Because we've seen where Tottenham have grown. We see where Jose's taken them and what he's trying to do. He's he's laying out the exact same blueprint that he did with us. We know exactly what he's doing. Um, so it's a good level of comparison to see where we are as a, as a team and as a squad. The um, the Everton game is key. For me, it's key because um, I, personally, I don't believe Everton will remain where they are. I think they will dip, but they won't dip just yet. I think it's going to be after Christmas, after New Year, where we might start to see a little... I think they'll be up there, but they won't... They, I don't think they'll finish top four. Um, but they're a very good team as well. They're, they're a team that have, um, you know, propelled into into something that they weren't last season. And Ancelotti is doing really good things with them. The, the, the corporation of um, James Rodriguez, and we're seeing what Calvert-Lewin's doing, and he's, he's turning into an absolute beast under Ancelotti at Everton. So that's going to be a test as well. Um, the Arsenal game is a little bit 50-50. I don't know what to expect from Arsenal. I don't know whether they're 
they're developing or they're not i it's so hard to tell because they've played really well in some games and they've crumbled i've just completely just given up in other games so i don't know where they are um but man city as well man city is gonna be huge if if we beat city that's a statement if we beat city i think at that point the majority of the fan base will look and go all right we're, we're in the title race now we're gonna go for this <laughs> so um yeah it's it's i think each of them give their own you know their own their own side of the story but we'll, we'll wait and see you mentioned city i remember the year under conte when we won the league city away i was at that game and that was the day i sort of turned around and went yeah okay i think this team could actually do something this year i think you know up to that point i was just enjoying the winning run and i'm yeah. sort of in the same mindset at the moment i think if i see chelsea win big games i think they're naturally just your mindset it's it's very easy at the moment to look at chelsea's good form and be a naysayer and go well of course chelsea were expected to beat these teams and it'd be the same on saturday against newcastle despite our recent struggles against them yeah. everyone will turn around and go well it's newcastle right if chelsea go out there as you've stated and and win some of these big games and, and we find ourselves in a top two or three post christmas and we're right up there i think a lot of us will turn around and sort of change our opinions about that um thank you so much Eunice, for, for joining me once again uh let's hope we continue the good form post this international break and have a good winter this time and hopefully could be in a tire race which would be really exciting on the frank lampard the last time i spoke to you you just restarted your channel you know Eunice talks football set up i say restarted you set up a new channel Eunice talks yeah. football um it's not just you know your usual sort of youtube videos where you're talking about chelsea on sort of a daily basis you've also started twitch as well do you want to sort of talk about that and sort of uh shout out where people can find your work online yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I started my new channel, Eunice Talks Football, and just to offer a new dynamic and a new way and a new setup of doing things, which is, you know, what I'm really enjoying now. And um, it's uh, it's mainly Chelsea orientated, but down the line, I will be branching out and keeping everything Chelsea as well, but starting to branch out and talk about others and just, you know, make the channel grow even more. But um, yeah, I'm also on Twitch now alongside what I'm doing on YouTube. And that's mainly a platform for me to just be a little bit more laid back and just interact with you know viewers and subscribers and people that are watching a little bit more and followers um you know playing fifa at the moment we've got a chelsea career mode going on there so that's going really well pretty much in the same trajectory as it is in real life so we're third in the league and <laughs> we're aiming for top so it's, it's going pretty well um alongside that I'm looking to um, incorporate other things as well and being able to just, you know, interact with viewers and, you know, just answering questions, Q&As. Might play Among Us. You're invited if you want to play along as well, mate, because um, that's just that's just a bundle of laughs. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's other things on Twitch going at the moment. Um, there's a couple of ideas floating, so I'll see what I'm going to do in relation to that. But where you can find me, yes, Eunice Talks Football on YouTube um, and Eunice Talks Football on Twitch as well. Same name. So, yeah, come along and join the party. Yeah, no worries, man. Defo will. And all the links in the description box below. As always, uh, find uh, Eunice's YouTube channel, Twitter. I'll leave the, the Twitch link in there as well so you can go and check that out. But thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch this video. If you did enjoy it, hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you never miss an upload. Follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea. Have a great day and I'll see you again. Mm -hmm.